In our scripture lesson this morning, Jesus tells his disciples to watch and pray. And we're in a series, I guess you could call it right now, where we're looking at the essentials of Christian maturity. You know, we're all supposed to be moving on toward perfection. What in the Methodist church we call sanctification. That was John Wesley's big contribution. You're continually supposed to be giving as much of yourself as you know to as much of God as you understand. And if that's where you are, you're on the right road. But if you're not doing that, you need to get moving on to perfection. And so uh, today, uh, uh, we're looking at the place where uh, Jesus calls us to something very important. And also, in our uh, uh, theme scripture, in Hebrews 12, we find these words. You know, we spent the last two or maybe four Sundays looking at uh, the fact that we are supposed to pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And we've talked about that for four weeks, what that means. I discovered not long ago that that particular verse is it encompasses nearly all of the Christian life. Not just that verse, but the verses that we're reading before and after that as well that we're not going to go through today for time's sake, but we will be going through them as we move on. But uh, the main thing is today is that uh, we come to a place where it says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. I want to talk to you about something today that's extremely important, and I'll start off with a story that kind of helps set the, the stage. There was a guy that decided that he wanted a bird for a pet. And he went to the pet store, and uh, he uh, was looking at this big cage that's just full of birds, and all these birds were flying around there and singing and doing their little bird things, you know. And Except this one little bird was just sitting over there in the corner all by himself, all the other birds had price tags that said $2, little, their little bird legs. This one had a $200 price tag, tag on his leg. And so uh, the guy was curious, so he got the pet shop owner and he asked us to say, what's, what's the deal with this one little bird that's just sitting over here all by himself? What makes him worth so he looks like all the rest? Is, oh, I'll tell you what the difference is. That bird can talk. All the rest of these birds just sing. That one can talk. He's a very exceptional bird. And that's why he's worth $200. That's what, that's what I want. I want a talking bird. And so he gave him the $200, uh, bought a little bird cage, and took that little bird home. And he came back the next day, and he said, I want my money back. He said, why? He said, that little bird's not talking. And uh, he said, well... Uh, did uh, did he swing on his little swing? And uh, 
I said, no, he doesn't have a swing. Boy, you know, a bird's got to have some fun in his life, and so you need a swing uh, for that little bird. If he's not happy, he's not going to talk. And uh, so the uh, uh, guy said, how much is a swing? He said, $2. He bought the swing, took it home. Next day he was back, he said, that bird's swinging his little swing, but he's still not talking. He said, oh, really? Well, did he climb on his little ladder? What ladder? And uh, I said, well, he said, how much is a ladder? $10. Here's $10. Okay, come back the next day. That bird's still not talking. Well, did he look in his little mirror? How much is a mirror? Uh, $50. Give me a mirror. Okay, took the mirror and went back home. Comes back the next day. That bird still isn't talking. I'm beginning to doubt you. And uh, the guy said, okay. He swung his little swing. Yes, he swung his little swing. He climbed his little ladder. Yeah. Looked in the mirror. Because, you know, birds do need company. You know, that's why they have that mirror. He said, well, did he ring his little bell? What bell? And uh, I said, well, birds have to have to have some fun, and that's another way that they have fun. They they ring a little bell. I said, how much is a bell? Seventy-five dollars. Sold him a bell. He comes back the next day. He said, I've got to tell you something. I said, well, what's that? The little bird did talk. He did. I said, yeah. He's yesterday, or after I got back home, and I got that. Uh, uh, that, that little bell in there. He uh, was looking kind of peaked, and he swung on his little swing. He climbed on his little ladder, and then uh, he uh, looked in his little mirror and gave a little bird smile, rang his little bell, and then he just fell off his perch, and he died. He said, oh, no. He said, but i got to tell you, before he died, he did speak. He did talk. You were right. He was a talking bird. Well, what did the bird say? He said, he just looked at me, kind of sideways bird looking, and said, uh, hey, fella, did they have any bird seed in that place? <laughs> now, you see, you can have everything else and miss the most important thing. And I am afraid that today in the church, a lot of people have missed some of the most important things. And one of the important things that is called to our attention this passage today is watching. All through scripture you see the words watch and pray. And everybody knows about prayer. There are books and books and books written about prayer. You're going to find prayer everywhere talked about. But have you ever seen anything about watching? But it's nearly always coupled with prayer. Watch and pray. I'm not going to go through all the scriptures, but you just, just uh, uh, go through however you're studying the Bible. And you'll just, just look and you'll see. Watch and pray. And places even where it doesn't say watch and pray, it says be on the war on the on the uh, lookout and uh, be wary, be alert. Uh, it's kind of like uh, 
in uh, whenever you're in a combative mode, there's such a thing as a situational, uh, what do you call it? Your situational awareness. That's the word I'm looking for. You should be aware of your surroundings. And uh, as Christians, we need to be, and we're reminded in Scripture, we are in a battle, a spiritual battle. And we do not war against flesh and blood, but we war against powers and principalities in high places. The enemy, Satan, can coordinate things and cause enemies to work together. People that would kill each other will work together to bring about uh, killing and stealing and destroying in this world. He does it all the time. And we need to be alert. We need to watch and pray. And uh, I'm afraid that a lot of us are just stuck in what I would call toddler prayers. <clears throat> we pray like we were taught to pray when we were just learning how to walk and talk. One of the first things that I was taught to pray was the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, you know, I, I told you all I had a speech impediment back then. And uh, uh, so uh, whenever it came to the part about deliver us from evil, to me it came out the liver. And I was always wondering why we prayed about the liver and not the other organs of the body. But uh, anyway, so... but. I, uh, that's, you know, we learned to pray the Lord's Prayer, or, and later on, I progressed to, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. <coughs> then I would momentarily be scared, and then I would uh, uh, go through the God blesses. God bless mom, God bless dad, God bless grandma, grandpa, other grandma, other grandpa, you know, all those people, little sister, you know, all the way up and down, you'd go through the God blesses. And then later on, you might progress to where you bring your, you do that, and then you bring your wish list. Those things that uh, you need God to do in your life. But basically, nobody really gets beyond the listing part. And they never get to the watching part. And so this is what I want to talk to you about this morning, is watching. Hebrews 12, 15. Looking carefully or being on the alert, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. And then it says, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many uh, become defiled. Now this word that's translated here, looking carefully, is the word episcopeo. It comes from the same word that we get episcop episcopalian from, for one thing. And we started out, uh, the Methodist church started out as the Methodist Episcopal Church. Now, uh, episkopos came to mean a bishop, but a bishop is also an overseer, one who looked out for and looked over and supervised and to make sure everything was going the way it was supposed to. All of that comes from the word epi, which means above, and scopeo, which means same where we get telescope from. 
uh, anyway, episkopos, episcopeo, to look upon, to inspect, to oversee, to look after, to care for, and then to look carefully and to beware, to be aware of what's going on. And so we're encouraged to beware and look out lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Now there's some people that don't quite get grace and they, they twist it. And I remember there was one uh, uh, man who was talking to his pastor one time about says, you talk about grace and I know grace is God's unmerited favor. We don't deserve it. Uh, but he gives it anyway. So there's nothing I have to do to even get it. I could go ahead to just live. I don't have to go to, to do anything because you've already said God's going to pour his grace out upon us. And the pastor said, let me show you something here. And apparently they were sitting in a restaurant when they were talking. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to uh, make a fist out of your hand and put it down on the table. And so the, the guy did it. The pastor took a packet of salt of, of uh, sugar, and he said, now, let's say that I'm God, and this is grace. And then the pastor tore the top off of the packet of sugar. And then he began to start sprinkling that sugar on the back of his... Uh, parishioner's hand and he said see I am pouring grace upon you and the guy said I understand now I can't receive it because my fist is doubled up and my hands turned against it and so it is with us as if we have fists that are closed and clenched, and if we have our backs turned to God, God can be pouring His grace upon us and us not be able to receive it. In order to receive that illustrative grace, the guy had to turn his hand over and open it up. And then he could receive the grace. So, uh, whenever you are not uh, doing that. If you're not watching, if you're not being alert, you can wind up getting bitter. You can get bitter toward people that you're supposed to be forgiving. You can get bitter toward God who wants to bless you, but he's not doing it the way that you want it done. Instead, uh, you can wind up getting clenched fists and turning your back on God whenever He's wanting to bless you. And so uh, this is a warning to make sure that we keep our face toward God and keep our hearts open toward Him. We, we talked about getting along with other people. and That includes forgiving and trying to get along with other people. Instead of just going over the chip on your shoulder, doesn't it? And we talked about holiness, sanctification, working on our and seeking to have 
a good relationship with God. And continuing, as I said earlier, giving what we understand, what we know about ourselves to as much of God as we understand. And as we walk with Him like that, we're going to to get to understand more about ourselves and we get to understand more the grace of God because we realize how far from Him we still are. We're still moving close. Our final hymn is going to be higher ground. And uh, that's what we're doing all the time. Pressing on. Pressing on. So we don't want to fall short of the grace of God. We need to be on the alert. And, uh, and uh, there are other places that talk about Luke 21, 34 through 36. Listen to this. This is Jesus talking. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly, talking about the return of the Lord. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore. These are our Lord's words. Watch, therefore, and pray. See, watch and pray. Always, not sometime, not once a week, always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's what some things you need to be watching for. And some things you just need to watch. First of all, you need to watch yourself. That's the place to start, isn't it? Watch yourself. How are you doing as far as pursuing peace with all people and holiness so that you can see the Lord and those around you can see Him in you? I'll just leave it at that since we spent four weeks on it. Uh, Now then, watch your way. Watch your way. To be holy means to be set apart for the service of God. When you were saved, you joyfully gave yourself to the Lord. <clears throat> you gave yourself wholeheartedly to Him. And that means that you took yourself away from the ways of the world and you committed your life to the way of God through Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, the life, and he goes on and says, no one comes to the Father but through me. So uh, we need to be uh, watching ourselves. We need to be uh, watching uh, our way and make sure that we're going God's way and not some other way. Uh, If you had bacon and eggs for breakfast this morning, the chicken contributed to your meal. The hog committed to it. (laughs) And you committed yourself to the Lord. But if you don't watch, if you don't watch yourself, if you don't watch your way, you can wind up wandering away and being lost. And so you need to watch yourself. And next, 
and this is so important in, in today's time, watch for God's plan unfolding in this world. And it is unfolding in this world every day. And in this passage we read in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see uh, what can happen if we don't watch and pray. Jesus told his disciples, watch with me for a while. And he was so serious. I mean, he had already confessed, when he got just Peter and James and John off, he just nearly broke down. He said, my soul is just about to die. He said, this is so heavy. And so watch and pray. And he said, you stay here. And he went off and he prayed. And he prayed hard, harshly, hardly. He prayed a lot. And then he came back. They were sleeping. And this happens to If they had been, he didn't mean just be on guard. He wanted them to watch him, to understand how tough things could be whenever we're going to stay on track with God. It's not always easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus, and this is just it. He can identify even with your struggle because he said to them, the Spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. He was having a hard time getting his flesh to line up with going on to the agony of the cross. But he prayed through and he went on to the cross, didn't he? The disciples were supposed to be watching and trying to understand what was really going on. But remember, he'd already said, whenever you... Uh, we, if you don't have a sword, you need to sell something and buy one. And he was talking about later on. He wasn't talking about that night. And so immediately after that, they come to arrest Jesus. And Peter, acting out of his own surmising and thinking, when he hasn't been watching and seeing what's really going on, he takes his sword out and whacks the... Uh, servant of the high priest's ear off. And so then Jesus has to explain to him that that wasn't what he's talking about. That, uh, and he makes it clear. And it's just like Peter had done several times in the past. He hadn't really understood what it was that the Lord uh, was wanting of him. Uh, he kept trying to get Jesus off track, didn't he? Uh, that's whatever Jesus had to tell him. Get thee behind me, Satan, because you're more concerned about the affairs of men than you are the affairs and the things of God. And so we, uh, we see that uh, Jesus comes to the place to where uh, whenever uh, he is arrested and they come out with clubs and all, and, uh, and Peter pulls out uh, the sword, he says to him, put your sword back in its place. For all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Now listen to this. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? We sing a song sometime. He could have sent 10,000 angels. A legion 
would be 60,000 angels. He could have had 60,000 angels come to his rescue. But listen to this. If he'd done that, he says, how then will the scriptures be fulfilled which say that it must happen this way? Do you see? If Peter had been watching and listening and trying to understand, he would have understood what Jesus had been telling him all along. The Son of Man is going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to be crucified and the third day he's going to rise from the dead. He told them that over and over and over again. He's told us some things over and over. He's going to come back and we need to be ready whenever he does. That's one of the reasons he gives us to watch and pray for his soon return. And as we watch and pray right now, we can see God's plan unfolding in the world. All of this craziness and divisiveness and uh, the popularity of narcissism, that's a big word nowadays. That means being lovers of yourself. It was told about in Scripture. All of this is there. And Jesus told us, when you see these things happening, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. If you really see things that way, you're not going to be, you're going to quit trying to figure out how to fix the world on your own and start trying to find out how does God want me to be behaving and acting during this time? Big difference. If you watch and you pray and you line your life up with God's will, you're going to be ready. But instead of uh, fighting with others who aren't ready, you're going to have pity of them and you're going to want them to come to know Him as Lord and Savior. In fact, uh, that's uh, uh, what uh, I'm just going to skip on over since we're really running out of time here. Uh, I'm just going to skip a whole bunch of stuff. Y'all can rejoice. Uh, but uh, at the Peter, Peter finally got it. Finally got it. And in... Uh, uh, his uh, uh, one of his epistles, he says, uh, uh, he says, but according to his promise, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which right righteousness dwells. How should we be living? Peter tells us in the next verse. What should we be doing? He says, looking for and hastening the coming day of the Lord. Did you know you can hasten the coming day of the Lord? You can speed it up? And, and, and why is that? And how is it? How do you do that? Jesus said, uh, See to it that no man misleads you. For many will come in my name. And then he starts talking about nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. In various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are really the beginning of birth pangs. They will deliver you to, trib to tribulation, will kill you. Uh, they'll be, you'll be hated by the nations in my name. At that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Many false pride. He goes on and on. And then he says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. This gospel 
of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end shall come. And so it also Peter also tells us that the Lord's not slow uh, concerning his promise to come back, but he's patient, waiting for as many to come to him as possible. So what we're supposed to be doing is hastening the coming of the Lord by making sure that we're being at peace with everybody and that uh, we are also, uh, not just being, we are pursuing holiness. Pursuing a right relationship with God. Not just on Sundays, not just uh, three times a week, but all the time so that when people see us, they'll see the Lord working in us and through us. So how about you? Have you been watching? Just think, whatever you watch, when you look around and you see your family, and you see those that haven't come to know the Lord, now you know how to pray. You know how to behave in front of them. Not berating them, not getting on to them, not being ugly to them, but loving them into the kingdom and showing them your faithfulness to God. That's the way you do it. So, I just want to encourage you to watch and to pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.